Good morning, everybody. My name's Larry Jacobs. Just back from vacation last week, and it's a pleasure to be it's a, it's a pleasure to be on vacation. It's a pleasure to be back with you folks today. Thank you so much for, for listening today, May eighth, two thousand twenty-three, the Pre-K twelve Education Talk Radio. Our good friends, my my our, our good friends from Learning Ally are bringing to the show today the one, the only returning guest, Dr. Terry Nolan. Terry is the VP of Educator Initiatives for Learning Ally. However, we're going to talk about their Spotlight on Dyslexia series. There's an event coming up June 7th and 8th, and we want to get you folks prepared about it, thinking about it. We hope you attend, all right, virtually, I'm sure. Terry will give you all the information, etc. The Spotlight on Dyslexia, June 7th and 8th, from uh, uh, learning Ally. We're going to archive this show over at ace-ed.org, and that's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education. Please go over and see all we do. Our magazine, Equity and Access, is over there, which we are extremely proud of. Another great issue up on site is our online journal. We can link you to all the other things that we do over there as well. Every podcast we do is over there, too. So please check it all out. We are everything we do over there is free. It's free, and we hope educators and people interested in education go over there, check out what we do. And the magazine is our keystone product, as well as these podcasts on Education Talk Radio over at ace-ed.org. Check it all out. It's all good stuff. Without further ado, and me blabbing away here, although I haven't done that for a week or so, let me reintroduce you to Dr. Terry Nolan. Good morning, Terry. It's Larry here. Good morning, Larry. Great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here, oh, Madam Vice President of Educator Initiatives for Learning Ally, which means you host Learning Ally Spotlight on Dyslexia and their Spotlight on Early Literacy, both great stuff. And when you say you host it, are they the events or do you do the podcasting as well? Well, both. So our Spotlight Learning Series that happens throughout the course of the year that we bring on thought leaders, subject matter experts from around the country in reading, especially in early literacy, and then host the Learning Ally Literacy Leadership Podcast. There you go, learningally.org, everybody. You can go over there and check it all out. I want to say it again. I'm going to say it a few times. The Spotlight on Dyslexia is coming up in a month. Today is May. It's actually a month. Today is May 8th. Okay, June 7th and 8th will be the spotlight on dyslexia. Okay, you're going to be hosting that, right, Terry? Exactly. Yeah, 7th and 8th, and we've got over 50 speakers that are going to be doing around 30 different sessions, including our keynote. It's going to be an incredible virtual event. Thank you. Actually, you took my next question away. It is a. Is it also on, Is it also live as well as virtual? Yeah, so it's actually a live virtual event happening on that 7th and 8th, and then all of the content is going to be recorded and then available for our educators to access until December 31st. We want to make sure that we are attending to the needs of those that can't be there live and want to get your CE certificates, and we're going to give you plenty of time to do that. That's good stuff. Is there a charge for it? I want to get all these questions out of the way so people can go over to learningally.org. And I have other links up here on site for you. Is there a charge for educators to go? 
There is a charge, but it is a very reasonable charge. We've got a I'm retail sure. price of ninety. Yeah, $99, but I want to share a coupon code for this podcast that gives you $20 off, and that is FOD23PODCAST, so S-P-O-D-2-3, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, gets you $20 off, brings it down to $79 for that two-day event. Okay, you know what, as I'm saying that, either you or, or, or Alyssa or someone over there at Learning Ally is going to, uh, I'm going to put that up here and make sure we have the code up here, all right, so that people Great. can do it. How long, how long is the code good for? The code is good for um, even up until the event and even after oh. the event. We, you can still purchase after the event is over because everything is recorded. Okay, and it's S-P-O-D. Let me see if I can do it. S-P-O-D-2-3. What's the next part? Podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that part. S-P-O-D-2-3 <laughs> podcast. That's the code to save 20 bucks, and I'll put that up here before the end of, end of the business today so we can anybody who's listening will be able to get it. S-P-O-D-2-3 podcast. All right, thanks for saying that. Thanks for sharing that. It's great. Who are you going to be speaking? You're an expert. You you're or are you just the leading expert? Okay. What what are you doing there? <laughs> well, I'm definitely not the leading expert. We've got plenty of experts around the country. What no, you're I the leading do expert. Is... You're you're the leading <laughs> expert. You, you are. There you go, Larry. So yes. so I kick off the event, get everybody pumped up and motivated about two days of learning, and really there as the host of uh, highlighting our recognition of educators, building community, and then, you know, doing different things like introducing our keynote speakers. We've got two incredible keynote speakers. One of those is Stanislas Dahan. He is the chair of experimental cognitive psychology from the College de France, and he does a lot of work around that um, understanding dyslexia, doing those fMRI scans, those brain scans to help us truly understand dyslexia and that reading process. And then Emily Hanford, many people may know, she is a um, education reporter, and she has become pretty well known across the country in education for her Sold a Story podcast. So we look to Emily because she is that investigative reporter. She is not the scientist. That's why we've got Stanislav Sahan here <laughs> bringing that research. You know, it's funny you brought up Emily. I was, I was going to bring up Sold a Story. Okay, that's the famous podcast that, that's, that's so hot these days, okay, about the, the science of reading, how we made mistakes in reading. You know, that I'm sure most people listening know all about it. And I, I was going to ask you, this is amazing, I was going to ask you the question, everybody knows this, that the teaching of reading is under fire, okay? And when you're, when you're dealing with dyslexic kids, a big part of that is, is obviously the teaching of reading. I was going to ask you, Terry, so I'll just segue into it. How does all of the, I'll call it the, quote, big controversy that Emily brought up, actually, it's been an amazing thing with Sold the Story, Okay, how is that, how is that affecting reading instruction for dyslexic students? That's a big question. Yeah, Help me. yeah. that's a big question, absolutely. It's huge. And it's funny you it's brought it huge. up. I, and yeah, one I didn't of, realize Emily was going to be there. That's, thank you for telling me that. That's great. Yeah, 
yeah. And and the thing about it is is what we have learned from the research around dyslexia, where where we these researchers like Dr. Stanislaus Dahan and others around yeah. our country, the University of California, San Francisco, Dyslexia Research Center, those down in Florida, they are actually doing those fMRI scans of the brain to see how that reading process works particularly for students with dyslexia, but what it's doing is informing us about the way that, that students learn to read. We know from research that only about 5 to 10% of any given population just reads. Without instruction, they, we, we're not sure why, we can't really understand it, but they just read. The other students need that systematic, explicit, instruction that that Soul the Story podcast is all about. We can't go about mm -hmm. this randomly. We've got to go about reading instruction very intentionally. Mm-hmm. We, we really do. And how does it affect dyslexic children in particular? Okay. All this, yes. again, all this controversy. How does it, how does it affect them? And how many, I want to ask you this before I get into how many students, what's the percentage of students who are, quote, dyslexic, unquote? Yes, and you know that's kind of a debated number that is out there. Yeah. We tend to hear we tend to hear the research that says one in five students, which equals about twenty percent of right. any given population, are that's students with dyslexia. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot, absolutely. Okay, so 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 therefore, what are we changing? Okay, that really that's going to make a difference for these kids. What's the what's the big thing going on out there right now? in dyslexic reading. And I have to say, you know, we want every kid to read. And I, I, I again, I, I keep coming up with more and more questions. Terry, we don't always spot dyslexia when the kid is young. I know learning ally or early learning experts, well, we don't always spot it when kids are young. We spot it when they can be older. Okay. How's all this affecting the teaching of reading and, and what you guys are doing with dyslexia? Yeah, so what we know and understand is that those early years are critical, absolutely critical. Oh, that yeah. pre-K to second grade is where we need to be doing that explicit structured approach, very intentional. It has to be systematic. It has to be cumulative instruction, meaning that we are building on what we are learning. Um, it has to be explicit. What Emily exposed in some of her reporting was that some of this phonics instruction was never yeah. explicit. It was like this incidental. If we came across it and if we <laughs> needed this instruction, sure, we'll get to it. Yeah, but, but we are realizing it has to be explicitly taught to our kids and not only explicitly taught, but then there is intentionality of bringing through all the way to connected text, seeing what I just learned, seeing how those, those phonemes build into our word parts, build into words, into phrases, uh, build into sentences, and then seeing that in books. Like that is a very intentional thing. It's not random. It's not incidental. So that really has to be the focus. And we know pre-K to two. But what is happening for our students that are dyslexic? Maybe they weren't identified till later. Guess what? Yeah, exactly. Middle school kids. Yeah, yeah, middle school kids, high school kids. 
they need that type of instruction as well. And so it gets to the point of people are like, but that seems like baby stuff. Well, you know what? So be it. It's baby stuff. Let's yeah, do it. I agree with you. Yeah. And we're not doing yeah. it in whole class instruction. This is where our tiered systems of support come into play for those students. Yeah, it, it, is, it is so darn important to pick this up. So the, all, all of this brings up another question. Who should attend the workshop, the Spotlight on Dyslexia? And I say that, and I say that for a lot of reasons. I taught secondary social studies. I knew nothing about teaching of reading. I assumed, this is years ago, I assumed every kid could read. Some of them couldn't, okay? And I probably didn't think they were very smart kids back then. Of course they were. They just couldn't read. It hadn't been taught to them properly. They may have had a situation like dyslexia, which, by the way, was then something kind of new, if I may, to a generic teacher like myself back then, all right? And I'm, and I'm curious, considering all the changes in the teaching of reading and with the way we got to pick up on these kids, and I, again, I know you guys are really learning, who do you want to attend? All right, the spotlight on dyslexia. Can, can should a should a seventh grade social studies teacher like I was at one point should should I be checking in and finding out what's going on? Talk about who should attend. Come one, come all. I'm telling you because yeah. there is Thank you. our our work in this area is we understand and hopefully everyone else does is that my ability to read underpins everything I do, exactly. not only in my academic career, in my life, because we read all the time. It's what we, we read a menu at a restaurant. We have to read the road signs. We have to read the manual at our job. We have to read in order to get through life. And so that's why we say we have yeah. to provide this collective effect of people that are learning and growing together. Sure, a seventh grade social studies teacher is not going to be doing that explicit systematic instruction. That is for your uh, special ed teachers. That's for your dyslexia support personnel. But what a seventh grade social studies teacher does need to know is to understand what a student with dyslexia needs in the classroom, the exactly. accommodations Thank that you. they need. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure you exactly. can relate to that, Larry. Well, I'm telling you, you know, when I taught, you know, I was trained to be a teacher way, way, way back when, okay? And these things were never touched on, okay? I was trained to be a seventh, literally a seventh grade social studies teacher, okay? Your junior high, middle school social studies teacher, okay? And that's what I knew. And all the other things that go into education wasn't taught to me back then. And I'm always concerned that some of these things are still a paragraph in a book in a course for a, a, in a chapter in, in, in teacher education, okay, for people who are in secondary or going into math or whatever. And, and to me, it's incredibly important that people understand this because we have to understand these kids holistically. And if, 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 if teachers understand the teaching of reading, which to me, by the way, is magic. I don't know how reading teachers do it, okay? You know, if we don't understand that we're going to run into the same challenges and we got more and more kids who have more and more challenges, we got to make sure, like you just said, okay, every, everybody reads, reads all the time. And I have to say something else, Terry. You used a word that, that people are becoming less and less familiar with. That word is book. Okay, book. All right, we got to read a book. 
All right. What's going on with books? Are we okay? Are kids okay with reading all the texts they get and everything else? How's all this fit into, you know, teaching of reading these days? Well, the thing about I, I get really me. passionate. About, yeah, I get really passionate about why words are so important and the fact of, sure, we need, you know, expository text, we need um, access to different type of technical text, whatever it is, but also access to authentic literature. You know, books transform. They absolutely transform. And especially because because you get so connected and there is research out there that says actually our brain structures change in when we are reading a book where we start to take on the characteristics of the protagonist in the story. So actual research out there, yes, that that our brain structures change around that. And so this isn't just about me. I'm concerned now, Terry, are we Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? I'm I'm very concerned now. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> protagonist. Protagonist. That's the key word. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, but but I've got I've to gotta build up words in my lexicon. We know certain yeah. jobs in our society require a certain lexile level in order to yeah. perform proficiently in those roles. So words are more about – it's not just about my academic career. Sure, that's important. But we are trying to give kids words, shower them with words. I always talk about, you know, when when kids can't read, we've created this word famine, when in fact what we should be doing for our kids is creating word feast. Mm. It, it's so true. You may know a friend of mine named Dr. Molly Ness. Do you know the woman yes. named Molly Ness? No, how about I that? I do. Okay. <laughs> I knew you did. I was just kidding there. Okay. But, you know, Molly always talks about uh, book deserts, book deserts, and you use the word book. And I am concerned, okay, in, and I'm just, well, it doesn't matter really, because suburbia seems to be okay, so let's go with urban and rural. If kids, are, are we doing enough book work, literally book work with these kids for this day and age? How's How's this day and age working? And are we able to spot the dyslexia and the challenges they may have in this day and age? How's it changed from before? I mean, everything is topsy-turvy these days, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, Seriously, that's why what you guys are doing is so important. We've got to keep up with this stuff. Because if we don't, we're going to lose more kids. We can't. We've got to catch it early. Go ahead, please. We've got to catch it early. Early, no worries. And this is why also when we're thinking about you use the, the term science of reading, we know science yeah. of reading is that is that term that's out there. And the science of reading, that concept, this sweeping movement that's happening around our country, I will tell you right now, it will fall flat on its face if all we are focused on is word recognition. We know word recognition is a critical thing that all children need, and that is where that explicit teaching of, of our phonemes, our phonics, all of that come into play. However, what we cannot dismiss and we know is, is essential in this parallel path is that we've got to build up 
language. And in fact, oral language, our ability to speak to one another. Wow. That is, oral language is showing to be a huge predictor of reading success later on. And so oral language, the words that I have inside of me, my background knowledge, my understanding of the world around me is critical. So when we talk science of reading, it is a both and proposition. It is not one or the other, word recognition, language comprehension. It is both of these things building up at the same time. And and what I love about this too that we often don't think about is word recognition is what's called constrained. Meaning, once I've learned how to decode words, I don't need to keep learning how to decode words. Like that is constrained. It stops once I, the, the learning of that stops once I have figured out all of, of how to decode words. The thing that keeps going, and Larry, you and I are still working on today, is language. So we're still learning new words that are getting into our head oh, yeah. and into our lexicon that is unconstrained so it's both of these things and uh, the rigor and intensity especially for students with dyslexia uh, th- there's a lot more rigor that needs to happen around that instruction i love the word rigor and i always say the more you uh, the more you approach kids with a rigorous curriculum the better they will do they will rise to the challenge the rigor is so important, in my opinion. Kids yearn yeah. for that, okay? And they will, you will, every teacher kind of knows this, but you will, you will be amazed at the results if you push the kids, okay, the right way. You said something a minute ago that, again, has me thinking here, and you used the word uh, oral, and oral refers to speech, quite obviously, all right? And I'm curious, this is a... I'm I'm a lot. I do a lot of work on the business side, okay. And nobody returns phone calls anymore, not because they don't like me. It's just a thing these days, all right. And people like to text. They text everything, including and, and every parent knows this. Every kid doesn't want to talk to you on the phone. They just want to text you. I got to ask you this, Terry. And again, I'm asking, and this is why what you guys do is so important, okay. In this day and age of, they rather text. Okay, then that and unfortunately use emojis and stuff as opposed to express rather than oral, literally speaking it. How does that how does that matter in today's world, especially with a with a kid in, in the early years with dyslexia and all that sort of thing? I mean, they see their, their brothers and sisters and moms and dads texting everything all the time as opposed to speaking it. It scares me. Talk to me. Help me, Terry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you're uh, it's, so a you're like, it's a weird question. It's a but weird it's a, question. But you're also you getting think? into like AI and things like that. Digital literacy is what you're talking about here is that we've yeah. got this concept of digital literacy and how I interact with digital literacy. I'm going to tell you a story real quick of how this actually affects, affects students with dyslexia. Their uh, mom you. and son that I that I know and I was out to dinner with the mom and while out at dinner her phone started going off and she was like my apologies but my son is trying to send a text to his girlfriend her son is dyslexic my son is trying to send a text to his girlfriend and he wants me to proofread it 
before wow. he sends it. Wow. Because, wow. Yeah. Wow. Because he didn't want to look like, oh, my goodness, look, me, I can't even spell, things like that. So here is this mom proofreading her son's text to his girlfriend. Wow. You know, and, and there's so many implications around that. Um, sure. First of all, the amount of trust <laughs> that, that he had with his mom, that's which awesome. Is, which is very nice, I believe that. Weird, but nice. Exactly. I can do that. Go ahead, yep. Yeah. Nice. But, you know, think about that in, you know, in this world of, of digital literacy and, you know, you see all the time people that, that misspell words and things like that. I've got to admit, as someone that understands and knows dyslexia, I look at people's digital content sometimes and think to myself, whew, are they dyslexic? You know, that's, yeah. of course, I'm not diagnosing, but, you know, with the misspellings and things like that. Exactly. Uh, you know, Larry, I wish I had an answer for you there. Actually, we have a session at Spotlight on you Dyslexia around me. around AI, or particularly around this chat GPT tool that's coming out yeah. and the implications in education, particularly for students with dyslexia. So I'm going to leave that to experts to talk about. Well, you are an expert. I got news for you. And I, I see chat GPT as an example of AI. Okay, as something that might work to help, it might work to help a dyslexic student get their thoughts across easier, just as an emoji does. Okay, it helps to express an emotion. Okay, but by the same time, you're not doing it, the, the colloquial you, you're not doing it. Okay, and although it might help you to communicate, you're not moving ahead with it. It's, it's the colloquial you. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting world we live in, and kids, kids who are dyslexic who would rather text than speak, it's harder for them to text than speak, but they would rather do it to fit into the world we live in these days, and teachers, okay, have to prepare kids to live in the world we live in these days. It's a very, very interesting time to build a lexicon and understand how to communicate, which is basically what you guys are doing. You're teaching people how to learn and read and communicate, all right, especially when they have this challenge. And teachers have to be aware of what's different these days. I mean, how can we possibly keep up with it, Terry? Am I on the right track here? The world, the time. I think Bob Dylan stole the line from me, the times they are changing. Yes, they are. The times they are changing, definitely. And listen, for students with dyslexia, I'm such a huge advocate of those tools that are going to pop in there and support them in their in their spelling, in their writing, the speech to text tools where I speak my thoughts and the t and the text is captured, and then I can go in and edit those things, or the text to speech tools that speak what is written, things like that, because for students with dyslexia, the struggle and the time that it takes, because yeah. the thing that we're trying to do is, and, and you hit on this word, the emotion of it all, words yeah. carry meaning. Words yeah. carry meaning. And so we need to fill our kids with as many words and as many words that can be used in different ways and and the syntax of our language how they're ordered within our sentences because those words those uh, phrases those sentences carry such meaning not only in the written form but in the spoken form 
as well. So, you know, a lot of considerations for students with dyslexia that, you know, we want to support them in being able to keep up with the rest of their classmates. Yeah. It, it's hard. And you don't, you, you want to get away from having your mom text your girlfriend. Okay. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make sure these, that's a great story though. And it, and it puts it all together. You know, I have to ask you, Terry, and again, whether you like it or not, you are an expert. Okay, Dr. Terry Noland of Learning Ally, learningally.org. Okay, we, we talked, touched on this. I'm going to use the two initials, AI, okay? Dyslexia, is it, in your opinion, and believe me, I know you have one on this, okay? Do you think it's going to help or hinder? What do you think? Can we get, will it be used to help kids? I think it comes back to uh, we uh, – this may be a, a response that maybe you weren't expecting. Here's what it comes back to, in my opinion. It comes back to the, the moral code and character of an individual. So wow. if I uh, – yeah, if I am going to use a tool like that, then I've got to make sure to have established what is my moral code and character of which I will not pass the threshold. So, um, you know, we're already hearing it. Uh, I already heard from someone that their child turned in a paper that was completely done by these AI tools. And then it was discovered, figured out. And so it, to me, it comes down to what am I going to allow with my moral code and character and what am I not going to trip over, pass by, surpass when it comes to that because you know, if, if we say, my goodness, AI, all the way, do everything with AI, then none of that work is yours. None of that That's work right. is personal. We've, we've left right. out the you that you are talking about. Yeah. But if I rely on it just to get my brain started, just to get some thought-provoking content coming my way, and then I run off and I get curious and I, I wonder and I discover and I start to create on my own, then yeah, I think it can be a good thing. But once again, it, it comes down to everybody's individual moral code. Yeah, and teachers have to be aware of this because I can see the day, and this stuff is progressing so quickly, I can see the day where you would type in, uh, give me a paper on the War of 1812 written by a person who was mildly dyslexic, okay? And the darn thing will do that, okay? And it's so yeah. it, 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 I've got a, con, a, a podcast coming up on Wednesday this week with the, my good friends over at Turn It In Company, and they are, they are hot on this AI and checking it to, to see, you know, who's writing it, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a really interesting show. And it, 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 it's, it's all about these same things. Okay, and I love what you said. You know, it's about the morals and ethics, okay? And that's where we have to start teaching these kids how to use it and understand it. And teachers, and this is key for what you guys are doing with the spotlight on dyslexia, teachers have to be aware of all these things too, okay? And make those moral judgments, okay? And that helps the kids. It's, 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 it, the world is changing. It's changing quickly, and we got to be on top of it because we're the ones who prepare students for that next generation, okay? It's really amazing. And you guys are, you guys are doing, going to do a great job. June 7th and 8th over at learningally.org. I got it all connected here, okay? And there's a $20 discount, okay? I'll put the code up here in a few minutes. All right. uh, Terry, this is going to be a great event. I really, I, I know you're just going to run a beautiful event. 
What can I say? Oh, I can't wait. And the community that's involved, our educator community over here at Learning Ally, it's not, oh, it's not the just best. a place, but it's a feeling. It's a feeling of connectedness, of honor and respect, and we want everybody to come and, and join us in that community. And, Larry, do you know that this week is Teacher Appreciation Week? And I, I just yeah. got to get a shout-out. Yeah, give a shout out to our educators and yeah. and those that sit knee to knee and toe to toe with kids every day because because you deserve that honor, that respect, and that gratitude. Thank you. I want to say that's a nice thing to say. I want I wanted to be said that we should have no teacher appreciation week one week a year, and we need to appreciate them every other week of the year. Okay, I don't need a I you agree. know we don't need a special week because. I'll tell you, the work the teachers do out there is absolutely incredible, all right? And especially in this day, like I keep saying, things are changing so quickly, all right? We're coming off the pandemic and all that. People, it's a great reminder, but let's appreciate them every, every, every day they're teaching, all right? Because they, they, they can use it and we need them. We can use them, all right? That's simple. Thank you, Terry. That was nice. This is a great show. Thank you for all this information. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Larry. Well, talking, my pleasure and any time. Thank you, Dr. Terry Nolan. You have a great week. Enjoy. Go appreciate those teachers all week, okay? I will. Absolutely. <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks, thanks Terry. Bye-bye. <laughs> wow, she's great. And Learning Ally is great. What a lovely company. Leave me with a lovely company. LearningAlly.org. I've got everything linked up here for you as you're listening. And I will say it again, the $20 discount for the Spotlight on Dyslexia, June 7th and 8th, if you use this code SPOD23PODCAST, all right, SPOD23PODCAST, that will get you a $20 discount for something that's extremely important, Learning Allies 2023 Spotlight on Dyslexia, June 7th and 8th. I'm Larry Jacobs, Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Check out everything we do at h-ed.org. Thanks for listening.